I guess that's why we kind of came. Uh, Mark chapter 10. Now, um, yesterday I had a glorious day sitting on my couch watching football all day. And uh, I, really, I really didn't have any thoughts. And, it's, and you might say, well, man, it's Saturday, dude, Sunday, yeah. But I'm kind of used to that. So I began to just kind of pray a little bit. And so I'm sitting there. And then something told me to read Mark chapter 10. I don't think it was God. I think it was just a, something told me, I just like, I'm going to read Mark chapter 10. But I'm going to read it very slowly and then see what happens. And then as I began to read it very slowly, it began to kind of evolve. Now, this is a kind of a familiar passage, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it down some other roads. So here's Jesus, Mark chapter 10. Verse 17, everybody get that. And so here's Jesus. He's, he's uh, got his disciples. He's getting ready to leave. And then this young man comes up to him, and they have this, they have this very interesting conversation. Uh, Chris, you got yep. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Come on. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal so life? So here comes this guy, and he did, here it doesn't say that he was rich, but we'll find out later that he was. He comes running up, and he kneels down to Jesus, and he says, man, what must I do to make sure I don't die, to, have, in, to inherit eternal life? Next verse. Why do you call me good, and Jesus, Jesus asked. And Jesus answers his problem right there. Jesus says, you know, you call me good teacher, and Jesus didn't say that he wasn't good. You know, people preach that, that Jesus wasn't good. It was only one person good, and that's only God. No, Jesus was good. But Jesus didn't say that he wasn't good, but Jesus said, you don't even know me, and you're calling me good, based on what you think. See, Jesus answered his problem right there. He says, your problem is your concept of good is off. Amen. You're calling me good, and I'm not. And he says, why are you calling me good? There's only one good. It's nobody good but the Father. And it's like, and that's a strange, I used to think that was a strange thing to say to this guy. Imagine somebody comes up and you say, hey, good friend, and you go, I'm not good. Why are you calling me good? Can you see the other person going, what are you talking, you know? So here's, he, he's going, your problem is your concept of good, because you don't know me, and you're basing it off of what you think that good is. He says, nobody's good. Here's your problem on the onset, you have a concept wrong about good. I'm going to show you in a sec. Next verse. Only God is truly good, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. Yeah. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. He says, wait a minute. Okay, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to get off that. He says, but here's the thing. You, you know how this works. You're a Jewish guy. Um, just don't uh, uh, have sleep around, don't murder nobody, don't steal nothing, or don't give false testimony, and, and don't defraud anybody, steal their money, and, and honor your mother and father. He goes, you know, you know the rules, you know how to play, you're a Jewish guy, you know, you know about it. Next verse. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. He says, listen, I've done all of this stuff, I've done all of that. This dude was impressive. I'm going to tell you why. Jesus didn't say, no, you're lying. 
see, it, it, it blows the concept of money out the window, that money, because people believe in order for people to get rich, you have to do a lot of dirt to get money. Yeah. It's, like, it's, the, it's the concept of, you, in order to be rich, if, you, if that person's rich, they had to do some stuff that was probably not always, to, always right. That, that's the concept, when, when you see the super rich, remember how they used to say, the, the Kennedys, I'm dating myself, <laughs> the Kennedys got all their money because they were bootleggers. And, I mean, you always have this concept of some, if a family really has money, then something probably was a little shaky back in the day. That's how they made their money. And so Jesus blows out the water of the concept that money, let me tell you something. People say money is the root of all evil. It's not. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's when money becomes everything to you. So, so here's Jesus going, okay, all the moral stuff, do all the moral stuff, and then you, you, know, you know the answer, just be morally sound. And the guy says, I've done all this since I was a boy. Next verse. Jesus looked at him and loved him. And Jesus goes, man, I love this guy. I love him. Not because he was moral. Not because he was just this great guy. I'm sure he was, he, he was rich, so I'm sure he was young. He's rich, young. He probably was good looking. I, if you're rich and young, you're going to be good looking. It's, <laughs> you have to work really hard to not be good looking. I mean, because you can go get all the makeup and you can go get all the fine clothes stuff you want. So I'm sure he was an impressive guy when he came one and up. But Jesus says he looked on him and he loved him because I'm thinking in my head, Jesus is thinking something. Because the Bible calls him a rich, young ruler. Jesus is thinking, I get it, dude. I'm a rich young ruler, too. Because Jesus at this time was still a young man. Jesus probably was like 30, 31, maybe. So here's Jesus going, I get it, dude. I'm, see, I am come from a wealthy family, too. I've honored my father also. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. The Bible said that Jesus was in the heavenlies with God, and, and they, were, they were living in this 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 amazing situation. Jesus gave up all of that to come down here. He says that I, too, am a rich young ruler. I, under, I love you because I understand you. He, he says, man, he says, I, I love this guy. How could, how could you not love this guy? He's the guy that I want Courtney to bring home. And I'll be like, okay, I won't kill him. He seems like a good guy. He's got his stuff together. He got his act together. But think about it. He doesn't have his act together because he came to ask Jesus what was missing. Mm -hmm. So that means to tell, this is what this is telling me. When you get your career, you figure out what you're going to do, or you get your business, or you find that you land the job you want, and then things begin to work, that is not life, man. Amen. There, there's still always this peace. I've dealt with rich people before, and I've actually led rich people to the Lord. And, they, and, they, and what they're saying is, I've done everything else. There's got to be one more thing to do. People who got a little money always doubt their salvation. I'll tell you why. They always wonder, because they can't get the concept of something that they can't do on their own. Or they can't buy, on, or they can't get when they just want to go get it. So they always kind of question, I wonder if I'm good enough. I wonder if I'm good enough. I wonder if I checked all the boxes. Here it is, this guy, he's accomplished, he's successful, he's morally sound, and he's still going, I'm lacking something. There's something inside of me that still doesn't, I feel like I'm still not enough. 
there's got to be one more thing for me to do, and I'll be okay. Not realizing it'll never be enough. It'll always be something else. Yep. You ever see people who got a lot of money, and they got a lot of money already, and then they, they devise methods to get more money? You know, hey, I got all this money, but now I'm going to invest in this. I think about LeBron James, who's got all this money, but he's got all these investments. He, he's got more money than he will ever spend in his lifetime. His children's children's children don't have to work if they don't want to. But in his mind, he's going, there's got to be something. Now I'm going to go on the TV. Now I'm going to act. Don't act, LeBron James, because Space Jam was, woo. <laughs> not a good actor. I, don't know, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Michael Jordan wasn't good either, but LeBron is horrible. And it's like, so my thing is, it's like, man, they always want to go to the next thing. It's never enough. Amen. It's not about the money. It's about the doing. See, he's a typical Pharisee. Because Jesus is saying, all that bad stuff, you can repent for that, and you'll just be a Pharisee. But in order to be a disciple, you got to do something else. In order, to be, in, order, you, in order to gain e eternal life now, he says, there's one thing that you lack, Chris. He says, you need to go sell everything, give it to the poor, and get, you have treasures in heaven, and then come follow me. He says, one thing you lack, go sell everything. You, one thing I, what do I lack? Well, you're lacking the true love for me. You're boringly sound, you're, you're successful, you're, you're, you're a good-looking dude, you got it all together. You know, you come from a great family, obviously. He says, but man, it, you're, you're lacking something. I need you to take all of your, here's what you're lacking. You're lacking me as your everything. Take all your things that you now depend on. See, when you start to worry about money too much, when money, be, when you have it, you're comfortable. When you start to lose it, you get a little nervous. When you check your investments and, they, and, you, and you lost, I checked my stuff about a, three weeks ago, and I went, oh, man, how did I lose that? When, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't check my bank account. I, and I know that sounds irresponsible. I got a, I got a method behind this. It. not irresponsible. I'm just not worried about it. Amen. I always got a roundabout how much money I have. Oh, and I'm never usually wrong. And it's like, I don't run to my pad every, I can pull my bank account up right now. Sometimes you don't need to check your bank account because it's going to depress you. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. If it depresses you, something's not right. Because the only time you should really be depressed is the thought of God not dwelling with you. It's the thought of God taking his hand from you. Hallelujah, Amen. somebody. Amen. So he's saying you're lacking something. I need you to get rid of all of your stuff and just become a schmo, <laughs> an average Joe, a scrub. Everybody know what a scrub is? Yep. You do? You guys have been around me too long. <laughs> scrub is totally a hood statement. For those who don't know, it's the bottom of the barrel. It's, you, know, you know how, you, you know how you, you, somebody bring out a, a nice side of dish at a picnic or something, open house, and everybody likes it, and then they're eating it all up? And then you really liked it. Only thing left is that stuff that's stuck to the pan, though. <laughs> and what do you do? You scrub it out. The scrub gets picked last when you're picking teams for basketball and football. That's what a scrub is. This group named TLC had a song going, I don't want no scrubs. 
<laughs> you guys are silly. So think about it. Think about it, everybody. It's like, you know, he's saying, I want you to become nothing. I want you, I want you to stop doing valet parking. I want you to stop going in the store buying stuff. I want, you to put, I want you to sell all your watches, sell all your bracelets, sell all your Nikes. And I'm going, God, are you talking to me? <laughs> me and Courtney was at the mall. When were we at the mall? I forgot. Yesterday? Day? Whenever. And, we were, and we, were, we were there. And then so uh, we were going to movies, actually. We stopped at the mall. And so I'm walking past this jewelry place. And I'm looking in the window. And they got all this big jewelry. And, and I remember I told Courtney, I remember when that stuff, I, liked, I used to like that stuff. I used to like the bling, man, because I can afford it. But if you think about it, why do you like, remember, remember, the only thing in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Why do you like this stuff so much? Because of how people view you. It's pride. I still get real by my kids going, why did you sell? Julian hit me the other day, picked him up from school, and out of the blue, he goes, Dad, why'd you sell that Mustang? <laughs> Dude, first of all, it'll be a classic back by the time you're driving. <laughs> and then, two, it's like, it was just sitting there pimping me, dude. Sitting in the garage, I had to pay for it, the insurance on it to make sure the, the building collapses okay. I, I, I only drove it like, four times a year because I got tendonitis in the knee. I hate shifting. And it's like it's sitting in the garage and I got all this money sitting in the garage and I don't even want it. He goes, how could you sell it? It was supposed to be mine. <laughs> and I go, dude, because I didn't want it anymore. Amen. It wasn't doing nothing for me. Who, who are we trying to prove? Who are we, what are we trying, who are we trying to impress? Here's this rich guy, and he's saying, Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine life without all your money. He's, he's, he, Jesus is telling us something. He's saying, there's something, and I'll prove it later. There's something about money that closes down God in your life. He didn't say money was bad. And he didn't say you had to do wrong to get it. Because when he said, hey, I've done, I've kept all those commandments from a kid, Jesus went, yeah, he, he probably did. I'll take that. Jesus didn't go, no, you didn't. You, no, you didn't. You had to do something wrong. See, Jesus is saying you can morally accumulate money and it still can affect you. Amen. And he's talking about something. He's not talking about his moral uh, 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 goodness, his I mean, he's, he's, not, he's saying, you know what? You have this moral standing that you have, and that's great. He says, and, and you handled the bad things, but now you've got to handle your good things. It's okay to, to, to have money. It's okay to be able to afford things. It's okay to, to buy. I, man, I ain't going to lie. I got a whole lot of Nikes, man. <laughs> Probably Dylan is the only one who got more Nikes than me. <laughs> And it's like, and, and, and it's, it's okay. But the thing is, what do we love, though? And why do you have them? Jesus is trying to tell this guy, give away all of your security. All of the things that make you you. All, see, and I want to be, I want to make you. Amen. See, because you're more than your money. You're more than your possessions. But... You, 
These things comfort you so much. And if you get so nervous when your bank account drops a little bit, you got you to regroup and go, wait a minute, Lord, why, what's wrong with me? Amen. Stop checking your account. I got a thing on my account. If an alert comes up and they know they don't think that's me, they'll contact me. Other than that, I don't want to look at it. I know how much money I got. Roundabout, here or there. I, I don't check my investments all the time. I know how much money I got. Roundabout, here or there. Because I ultimately realized something. At any time, he's saying, listen, do you want to follow me? There's one thing that you lack, and then he tells them what to do. You lack, you lack your dependency on me. You're dependent totally on that stuff. It makes you comfortable. It, it helps you sleep at night. It, 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 it helps you feel better. You, you, you feel better about yourself. Had a long talk with somebody yesterday. I'm like, you, it's really just pride. You just, your, your pride of living in the suburbs, your, your, your pride of how your children look, your, your pride of how, you know, how much money you and your spouse has, your pride of what you drive, your pride of how good your grass looks, your pride if you got a camper you could take up north, your pride of your boat, your pride of your cabin. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying Jesus is doing some corrective counseling here because I love this guy. And Jesus kind of didn't want to tell him. But he says, man, you lack something. You need to go sell everything. You need to become a schmuck. You need to become an average dude. Next verse. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He went away sad. And the, and the Bible really there, that translation is kind of soft. It says that he went away grieved. And that word grieved is the same word they used in the Greek when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. The same word. He was devastated. Jesus in the garden was so upset. Let me tell you why. Not because he was getting ready to die. It was because for the first time he was going to be cut off from the Father. Amen. So here's Jesus sweating blood in the garden, so upset, so greed, because he's going, I'm for the first time in my, in my walk down here, the Father and me are not going to be one right now. Because remember, God had to turn his face from him because he took on all our sin. So he's going, man, I am grieved by this. This young guy had the same feeling. He said, I can't give away my father, which is my great wealth. I can't give away the thing that protects me, the thing that keeps me, the thing that brings me joy, the thing that gives me my identity, the things that makes me who I am, the things that make me look good out in public, the thing that makes people admire me and appreciate me, the thing that gives me respect when I pull up and, on my chariot at the restaurant and they park it. He went away and he, he turned around and he left. After Jesus showing this guy love and I'm sure he sensed the love and he, Jesus says, look man, I love you dude. Just tell you what, get rid of all that and just come be a disciple. Come follow me. Give it all away. It, make, make it so it don't matter no more. And the guy says, I can't. I got too much. Great wealth is better than just wealth. Amen, somebody. You know what? You can't lose wealth. You can, you can lose rich. There's a lot of people who used to be rich. But when you have wealth, you can't lose it. 
He's got great wealth. Next verse. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, and this thing really bothered me. I'm going to tell you why. Because when the guy left, Jesus questioned his salvation. Here's a good moral guy. Jesus even admitted he was moral. Didn't even challenge him when he said he was moral. Right? Right. Okay, making sure you're alive. I know you're listening, but. So here it is. Jesus says this guy is a moral dude. He's a, I love this guy. He's actually somebody who I want to hang out with. He's someone who I want my daughter to bring home. He, he's someone who's got his act somewhat together. He's just missing this one thing and he don't know what it is. I want to help him so bad. But he left me. Jesus didn't chase after him. He didn't say, hey, wait a minute. Jesus says, man, see, it's hard. It's so hard. So that means that this rich, moral, good-looking dude is probably not in heaven. Amen. We don't know that. We don't know what happened to him. We don't. We 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 just know that you turned from Jesus. You told Jesus no. That's mm-hmm. all we know. And Jesus goes, "Oh man, see, it's so hard." For a rich person to enter the kingdom of God is so, Jesus said, it's something about money that just blocks us, blocks us all. It's something, Jesus talked about sin a lot, but let me tell you the most thing he talked about, if you really study the New Testament, it was money. Jesus was like, man, you guys got to get a hold of money. You got to, you guys got to put money in its proper place, it's, Money is not your salvation. Money is not. Oh, I, think about I tell my son all the time, man, I don't want you to wake up every day and do something you got to do for money. Amen. Amen. I want you to do something you want to do. Think, think that. Think what you want to do. Because you see all these people on the way to school? They're getting up and they're dropping off and they're going to run out and then most of them are going to do something they don't want to do. But they built this life and now they got to maintain this life and I got to make this. So people would probably want to do something else for less money, but they can't because we built this life and we have to maintain this amount of income or we won't survive. You're you're a slave to money. Money is your everything. You see, though, it's so hard for people who are rich, man. Oh, it's so hard for them to enter into the kingdom because they don't need me. What do they need me for? Until they get sick, until they get divorced, until their kids go crazy. See, this guy who was rich, he comes up and he's young and he's successful and he goes, man, I'm still, I still don't have it. And he went away, he still don't have it. Jesus didn't say, hey, stop, wait a minute, come back, let's talk about this. No, Jesus went, he's gone. Jesus, look what the disciples said, next verse. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. He goes, listen, guys, man, I'm telling you, man, it's so hard. He says, you know what? And it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. We've taken this, and scholars have taken this, 
and they try to make it seem like, okay, it's, it's taking a camel and pushing them through this little hole they call a needle in the, in the fence in Jerusalem. And it was a real small opening, so to get your camel through, you had to take all the stuff out, push the camel through it. And I was thinking about that yesterday, and I went, no, I think Jesus was saying something like this. Man, you got a snowball's chance in hell. I think it was a metaphor. I really do. I used to think that too, but I've changed my mind. I think that Jesus literally went, you, it's like putting a camel through an eye of a needle. You can't get them through. He goes, listen, it's, it, you have a snowball's chance in hell of entering the kingdom if you're rich. You don't like it. I'm going to show you in a second what he's talking about. Come on. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus, the disciples are going, if this dude, now mind you, <laughs> the disciples were fishermen. I'm pretty sure they didn't like rich people. I'm pretty sure disciples found rich people appalling. Because you can't go to the clubs with them. You don't have the fine clothing that they have. You got on old sandals, they got on new ones. Everybody say amen. They got their wives smell good. Your wife smell like sheep. Come on, come on, somebody. I, I can see the disciples going, man, the, the disciples don't like rich people, but they were saying, this guy is so impressive. Even the disciples went, if this dude ain't good enough, who's good enough? I can see Peter going, I ain't got a chance. This guy, this guy isn't good enough. Jesus looking at him like this guy right here, man. I love this guy, but he ain't, he's not worthy. He's, and they're going, he's not worthy. He, he goes to the best synagogue. He, he, I'm sure he gives a lot of money. and He's so impressive. He's educated. He's good looking. He's well dressed. He's a moral guy. This guy isn't good enough. So I guess we could throw out all those things out the window when it comes to God. Because a lot of us believe that's how you prove you've got God. Because you present yourself this way. And Jesus just went, this guy ain't going to enter the kingdom. He don't care how much money you got in the bank. He don't really care how morally sound you are. For all of us who sin, Jesus, Jesus didn't harp on his sin. He didn't say sin keeps you out because sin can be repented for and forgiven. He said that money keeps... Riches will keep you out. And he goes, man, they go, well, this dude who's so impressive, so, and look at his shoes, and he said he did everything right, and you even agreed, and he can't. Next verse. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible says, with God. He listen, what I mean is, with man, there's, it's a snowball's chance in hell. But with God, that's the only way that the rich can do it, is if he intervenes. Amen. Let me take it a step further. That's the only way people like us can do it, is if he intervenes. And it's if he constantly intervenes. Amen. Because think about it. I'm not a rich guy, but I've had, I had quite a bit of money. And I, actually, I do pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. I could buy a hamburger when I want one. 
going to give you comfort. Know why, one reason why I don't check my bank account often? It's because I got money in there. Now here it is, losing half my income, living in one of the most expensive neighborhoods in Almont, the big town of Almont. How did I end up in Almont? That's a whole other story for another time. And I haven't missed a beat. And I'm thinking, that whole seat the kingdom first thing actually does work. Because I'm so not concerned about money. That's why I got to make sure I have it. And then he gave me a spiritual enema. All of us need an enema. (laughs) That's so gross, but that's the only way I can explain it. To do what? To clear out all the effects of money in your life. Because you know how it is. Jay-Z said, you get more money, you get more problems. You know how it is. You make more money, what is the first thing you do? You go buy more stuff. Or you get it bigger or you upgrade. And we literally become a slave. Think about this. Tomorrow you go into work and your manager or boss or whoever comes up and says, you know what, I just figured it out. I'm going to give you a $20,000 raise, $20,000 a year. I'm going to add that to you. I'm going to give you, this is yours. You just earned it. You deserved it. What is the first thing you're going to do? You're going to start thinking about how you can adjust. When maybe God wants you to take that and do his will with it. Don't upgrade. You live okay. Don't buy new stuff. Your truck runs pretty good. Don't take that money and buy an 80-inch flat screen that you can't even fit in the house. I love going through the store and I see those big old screens and I go, wow, that is so great. PlayStation looks so good on that thing, it's ridiculous. And then Courtney or Julian, they'll come up and go, where are you going to put it? (laughs) You're right, that ain't going to fit, is it? (laughs) Nowhere to put this thing. I, I was standing, me and this guy was admiring this big screen and he goes, Man, this is so sweet. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty slick. He's like, I got one problem. I'm like, what? Man, it won't fit in my apartment. I can't even get it through the door. <laughs> That's the nature of man. Amen. Amen. When there's nothing wrong with my 55 Amen. that my kids bought me for Christmas, and that's a whole nother story. I'll go into that later. Nothing wrong with that, but, but, it's, but in my mind, if you, if you go in tomorrow and they say, we have gave you a $20,000 bonus, you get $20,000 more a year, what are you going to do? I guarantee you what you're not going to do. Your first thought for a lot of us ain't going to be God, other than to say, thank you, Lord, for my money. Amen. What if God don't want you to upgrade? What if he, what if he, see, he said it's impossible for, but see, unless God intervenes, it's the only way. He's, he's saying that rich people getting into heaven is like a caramel going through an eye of a needle. It's impossible unless God intervenes. Amen. That's what he's saying. Okay, forget rich. A middle class man, forget middle class. A two-income household. 
See, because, man, we love doing us, man. Think about it. It's a great day out. And, man, and, and people working all week. And, well, now we got a long weekend. And, and you know, and people are what? They're going to do what? They're going to want to enjoy. I told a friend of mine in California, dude, in the summer, we just run light because everybody's got a camp. And you know what? And I get it. And I understand it. People going to have to do them. They got to do it. But it's like, man, at, one point, at what point in time do we give? Jesus is saying, listen, I was a rich young ruler too, and I gave everything. I sacrificed everything. I gave till it was an actual sacrifice. I didn't give out my abundance. See, we give out our abundance. We, see, we give enough to make sure that we can still pay all our stuff and we can still you know, go to dinner and we can still pay all our bills and we can still make sure our kids are good. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's true. That's how people give. They give out their increase. Jesus says, I gave everything. He's telling this young guy, I need you to give everything. Now, it's another story in the Bible when Jesus ran into this guy named Zacchaeus. Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, and Zacchaeus uh, uh, changed his life on the spot when he met Jesus. And Zacchaeus stands up and he goes, I'm going to give half of my money to the poor and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back all the money I cheated people out of and I'm going to do right Jesus and Jesus goes salvation has come to this guy. He tells the young guy give it all away and come follow me. He, he takes the kids half. So which one is it? Well Jesus goes you can't put an amount on it. It's just based on you. God doesn't care if you got, in fact, God is like us. He's like any other good parent. We love to see our kids okay. Love to see my kids get new cars and love to see my kids go on vacation and love to see my kids. He's like us. He loves to see it. God doesn't care what you got. In fact, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. I got a whole case full of watches at home. I love watches. They're so nice. I don't, and then people go, what time is it? I go, where's my phone? I can't even see this, actually. It's just totally just. <laughs> you guys are so rude. <laughs> it's totally for show. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> I can't see this thing. I'll be like, well, the clock says it's noon. <laughs> I can't see it. And my, and my thing is, I got a pair of Nikes for every situation, I guarantee you. You guys know, I got suits on top of suits. You know what? And I don't care about any of it. None of it. I don't care. Don't care. Don't even care about it. It's like, remember, I got an enema. Way up in there. Way up in there. I need to flush this stuff out of you. I need to flush out what? Your pride. It's all pride. Amen. So people can say, I don't care what people say. Why do you care what people say? I don't. I really don't. Wear something for you. Do your hair for you. Amen. Buy your clothes for you. Amen. Buy your trucks for you. Buy your motorcycles for you. Buy, buy your stuff for you. God's got no problem with it, but when it becomes your identity, Amen. when you get your joy from it, when it all, that's all that matters, when your security comes from it, then what Jesus is saying is that is your father. Amen. 
And I want you to, if your left hand offends it, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. That's what the Bible says. He says, so it's impossible for rich people to go to heaven unless God intervenes. But it's impossible for middle class people to go. It's impossible for two household incomes to go because it's not, it's a little easier. But all of us without God, without his influence on us, we'd all be struggling with money. All of us would. We're built in a society that makes us struggle. Every other commercial is Aflac and investments and Prudential and every other commercial was E-Trade and just, just you got to have it. You got to have it. They have programmed us to think we got to have it or you can't or you won't be successful and we stress out until we get it. And if we don't have it, we feel less than and God is going, okay, would you get rid of all that? Amen. If you can't handle it, I'd rather you get rid of it. Almost done. Come on. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything Good old to Peter. follow you. Peter always blurting, man. <laughs> so here's Peter. Okay, we left everything to follow you. Now, scholars debate about this. Was he saying it like, hey, Lord, we left everything to follow you? Like, we, we did it. We left everything. Or was he saying, we left everything to follow you? So what do we get? We left everything to follow you. And they did. Peter had a fisherman. He had a, he had a fishing business and he left it. Peter had a family and he left it. Peter had kids and he left them. He left his wife. He left his home. He left his career. He left everything. When Jesus just said, put away your boat, come follow me, he went, okay. How many of us are going to do that? Peter is thinking, here's this guy who's got everything. He won't leave it. We left, we left everything to follow you, even though I ain't have as much as this guy. Let me tell you why I think he was thinking that way the next verse. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, Mothers. He's saying, listen, all of you who've left everything, let me tell you something. You're going to get it much back. You're going to get all of it back. I promise you. Amen. Some of you had to leave your family because your family don't believe like you. Some of you come from certain religious backgrounds, and then when you, you got, came into the knowledge of the Lord, you had to leave that religious background, and now your family's like, oh, I can't believe that. Right. You're not Catholic anymore. <laughs> Some of you had to leave it. Some of you had to leave your parents, your children, Amen. Man, your husband, your wife. Because this is what I believe. I, I believe this, and so you don't. I'm going to have to go anyway. I'm going to leave you. Amen. But he's saying, look what you gained, though. You gained all these brothers and sisters. Amen. You, gained, you gained all of this. Remember, Jesus was in, in this house, and and somebody ran up to Jesus and said, Jesus, your mom and your brothers and your sisters, because Jesus has siblings, they're outside. And Jesus goes, that's not my family. This is my family. Amen. And I always think that is so cruel. And none of us would ever say that. Amen. But Jesus is trying to prove a point that this really is your family. 
So I know you lost all that family, but look at all you gained. So someone says, well, I got put out the house because of what I believe. But you know what? You could come stay at anybody's house. I don't think it necessarily means you're going to get 100 houses. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> I think he said you gain 100 houses because any one of us will let you in. Amen. Amen. He said, you gave up everything for me. You gave up, you gave up your fields or you gave up your career. He says, but here's the thing. Along with persecutions, you're going to get the stuff, but you're still going to have to suffer a bit. You're still going to be persecuted. You're still going to have to go through. It doesn't mean all your problems will be solved. It just means that your, your ability to exist will always be taken care of. I'm going to always make sure you're okay. I, I know you had to leave. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you something. Mm. He's saying, listen, all of you who had to turn away, who had, who had to, I go, man, had to leave my job. Which money I made on that had to leave my home, because I'm not from here. I'm, had had to, to leave my family. Had, had to leave my name. I had to leave everything. And I think, man, look what I've gained. <laughs> he said, anybody who's left these things, don't worry about it. Next verse, last verse. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. He says, because let me tell you how this is going to work. All these people now who you see are first, they're going to be last. And all these people and all of you who think you're last, you're going to be first. When it really matters, life down here is what, 80 years if you're, if you're lucky? I don't know. God's only promised like 75 of them or some stuff like that. I mean, think about it. Life down here is, is, is fleeting. It's is, is very, is very fragile. It's, it's, it's quick. It's quick. I mean, I look up and I go, Man, as your kids get older, don't it make you reflect, how old am I? I'm thinking, man, Courtney's old. <laughs> Keanu's is old. She's like an old, married, old chick. <laughs> I look at Julian. Julian is 10, and he's almost, he wears my clothes. And I'm thinking, man, I'm like, how old am I? It makes you really start to reflect and, and really start to think about life. And life is, that's why now I don't do nothing I don't want to do. I'm sorry, I'm too old. If I don't want to do it, I ain't doing it. I ain't going to get that time back. You want to go to our cousin's bar mitzvah? No. I'm not going to that. Oh, dad, you're so mean. No, I'm not. I'll never get that time back. I'm running out of time. And I'm not going to waste it. You want to go see this movie? No, that movie looks like it sucks. I don't want to spend no two hours in the movie. I'll never get that time back. No, I'm not going to see that. Do they stream it? I'm not going, I'm not going to watch The Lions. I'll never get that time back. It's like, no, I'm not wasting any more minutes. I don't have a lot of minutes left. So this life, does it really matter? Yeah, but eternity, though. I'd rather be considered last in this life and first in eternity. 
So this isn't a concept of money. This isn't a message of money. This is a message of priorities. But I will say this. As you begin to make money, be careful. If you find yourself starting to miss a lot, you find yourself not giving like you normally do. You find yourself buying a little too, many, too much stuff. If you find yourself, you know, always wanting to please yourself. It's, you know, two vacations isn't enough. You got to do four. You got to ask yourself a question. Why did you give me this? Well, maybe he gave you that to, gave it to you to help somebody out. I mean, you know what? My desire is when people come to me and go, man, I'm in a bind. Uh, can you pray for me? Uh, uh. Man, we don't have any groceries. Can you, can you pray for me? Are they about to cut my light bill off? Wouldn't you rather just go, yeah, I could pray, but how about I just pay it? Amen. Nobody hears about it. Nobody, I paid a lot of bills. I bought a lot of groceries. You'll never know about it. You'll never see it. Just pray. Why do I have to pray? I ain't got to pray. Just take it. We'll have money in the bank, and we'll go, okay, let's pray. Lord, bless them. Bless them? Why do you think they came to you? He is blessing them. But no, see, we built this lifestyle. Now we got to maintain it, and, oh, I can't give them $1,000 because, oh, I got this. And Jesus comes along and goes, money, man, whoa, boy, there's something about money that replaces me and the Father. And only with the Father's help will people come out of that. <laughs> Everybody close your eyes for a sec. Father, we give you glory and praise. And right now, we just thank you for your many blessings. I mean, Lord, we live in a country where you have to fight to not get fat because there's so much food available. We live in a country that, you know, all of us in this room right now, from a world standard, would be considered rich. Lord, I have friends who send me pictures and friends over in third world countries and overseas who they send me pictures of children worshiping you and then a lot of them don't even have shoes. Lord, I have friends who send me pictures of their congregations and they're in, they're in shack of churches with, with, with awnings up over their head to keep the sun out with no walls, no air, no anything. And they're packed. But us, but us good old Americans, man, we go from the air of our house to the air of our car and hopefully to the air of the church. And if the church don't have air, I'm probably going to complain. Or if it's too hot, I probably won't go because it's going to be too hot. And I'm thinking, here it is, Lord, here are these Africans, here are these Haitians. They don't even have air. It's, it's way hotter there than it is here. We live in a country that if we lose something, we go get it again. We live in a country that if we need something, we buy three of them. So, Lord, all we're asking and doing is, is, is help our hearts, God. As you continue to bless us, Lord, what do we do with it? Can we acknowledge you in all of our ways now? 
As, as you begin to increase, can we talk to you about the increase and what should be done with it and how should we handle it? Lord, I know you want us to have good things and we love you for that. But Lord, how much is enough and then what's next? And so Lord, continue to bless your people because I'm counting on this. I'm counting that you can trust them. I'm counting, oh Lord, that, that they, they'll be okay as you, as you increase them, Lord, that they, they'll be okay. <laughs> but Lord, I do pray for us that are lacking right now. I do pray for us that our comfort is really our, our bank accounts and our careers and our jobs and our education or whatever. Lord, help us to sell it all. Maybe not naturally, but in our hearts, though. Help us to sell it all. Help us to become average Joes who, who can't make it without you. Help us to become secure in who we are. Not because we dress well or not because we can afford all these things. Or not because, you know, we, we have a decent house and a, but because who you are in our lives and you make us whole and you make us complete. You give us comfort and you give us care and you protect us and you make sure we're safe. You make sure we have and you keep the have nots away. Lord, also help our hearts that, Lord, we will not feel better than others because some people out here don't have and, Lord, I pray that we get the burden for it. Jesus told the rich guy, sell it all and give it to the people who are poor. Can you do that? Can you give it to those who just can't make it, can't pick themselves up? Can you go bless somebody? Can you, you know how many people you can bless with your money? Lord, clear our hearts out. Clear our closets out. Clear our garages out. Help us with our toys and the things that we love that just gives us so much pleasure. Lord, I know you don't care. We have them. But help them put us in the right perspective. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm praying for all of us right now that all our needs will be met because the kingdom provides it. As we seek you, all things will be added to us. I'm praying for the relaxation of spirit, Lord, for those of us who don't know what tomorrow looks like. Some of us don't know what next month is going to look like. Some of us aren't sure about our future, but Lord, one thing I do know is you will never leave or forsake, and you've never seen the righteous begging bread. That's one thing I do know. And so, Lord, I know you will provide. I know you will open a door. I know you will fix a situation. So, Lord, right now we trust you in this house. And we're going to relax in the fact that you are our Father in heaven. And we're going to let you do your thing. And like children do, in our homes, we're not going to worry about it. So, Lord, these are your people. I know you love them. I'm asking that you bless them. If you do that, I'll continue to preach your word. I'll continue to cry out for you. I'll continue to sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice. And I pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen.